Hi, this is Keith, and welcome to Klezmer Podcast 104 for May 31st, 2013. The website is klezmerpodcast.com, and you can write to me at keith at klezmerpodcast.com. I also invite you to like Klezmer Podcast on Facebook and follow me on Twitter, MySpace, Last.fm, and Spotify. My guest on this episode of the podcast is Daphne Sade, a double bass player and composer. Originally from Israel, she now lives in the UK, where she has her band Daphne Sade and the Voyagers, and she's also composed a new work called Born in Parallel, a work combining Middle Eastern, jazz, and Baroque classical styles. In the interview, we will be discussing primarily the Born in Parallel piece, and afterwards, we'll get to hear a track from the Reconciliation album from her group, The Voyagers. Since there has not been a recording of the Born in Parallel piece at the time of publication of the podcast here, I'll have a link to the YouTube performance of the work on the Klezmer Podcast website. This interview was recorded on March 26, 2013. A small correction to the location we mentioned recording this at the British Museum in London, uh, which was incorrect. We were actually recording at the British Library. So here we go with my interview with Daphne Sade. Hi, this is Keith with Klezmer Podcast, and once again visiting in London, and today visiting with composer Daphne Sade. Daphne, welcome to Klezmer Podcast. Thank you very much, and welcome to London. Thank you. We're uh, at the British Museum, lovely, lovely old building here. <laughs> um, and I just found out about you just earlier this month uh, from a Facebook posting from Guy Shalom, um, who I've known for a long time, and uh, showed me the, this uh, video of, of your work that's combining the Jewish jazz and classical all in one, one piece. Uh, tell me a little bit about your music background and, and how you decided to uh, take on the challenge of this work. Well, um, I studied music actually in New York, and um, I've studied classical music, but always I've been playing jazz. Uh, I think jazz is my true love, you know, but I always felt that as a composer, I could do much more interesting things which involve my background, and I'm from, originally from Israel, I was born in Israel, and so I've been releasing I released three CDs up to now which were always a mix between uh, world music and jazz klezmer elements etc and this is the first time I managed to f- uh, fulfill my dream <laughs> to compose for a larger group almost I can say an orchestra uh, of classical instruments and jazz and some Middle Eastern instruments as well so that's the background about the, the music. And having done three CDs before and do, uh, doing some jazz, uh, cl- uh, classical, and uh, Jewish music before, uh, what compelled you to uh, compose a, a long-form uh, work like this one this time? Well, it's first of all the sound, the sound that you can create uh, from classical instruments is very different than anything else 
and it's the depth of what the sound you can get. Plus, I really like the idea to try and uh, combine instruments like soprano saxophone, which is a typical jazz instrument, uh, with actually it's not only classical; it's baroque, which is from you know the 16th century. Basically, some of the instruments are originally from the 16th century, and they play strings. For instance, play with gut strings, not with metal strings. So that's really, and that's completely different instrument. Plus, they tune their instrument differently than modern instruments, and we had some challenges about that, uh, some intonation <laughs> challenges as well. But I was wondering, I I really want to see how is it going to work. Is it any meeting point at all between, first of all, Middle Eastern instruments like oud, which is uh, very Middle Eastern, uh, Middle Eastern percussion. And you know those amazing instruments from the 16th century, and what I've discovered that it mixes, the mixture is superb, and that was quite a amazing thing to see. Um, plus the styles, those Baroque uh, musicians they strictly play music which is which composed up to 1830. So we're talking about very narrow period of time very rich but very narrow so for, for, for them for instance to play uh, a 7-8 time signature is something that they never done before <laughs> and at the beginning they told me but we don't do 7-8 <laughs> <You> do <now>. <laughs> and <laughs> they done it amazingly so you know it's just and that's exactly what my purpose to bring to create a new meeting point that hasn't been done much before and what was your approach to the to the jazz element uh, of that? You mentioned soprano saxophone, but uh, how do you create the meeting point between the, the jazz and, and classical? Is it, uh, you know, I can't think of uh, Baroque jazz, for example, or, or, or uh, you know, uh, a blues in Beethoven or something. <laughs> well, uh, first of all, it's the improvisation. I don't know if you know, but in Baroque, in the music that was around it was the area of... Exactly, they used yeah, to yeah, improvise yeah. as well. So uh, it's not a new thing. They used to improvise within the music. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what they did as well. they done in this piece as well. And in jazz also, you not only improvise, you have a rhythm music and then you improvise based on that. So that was one meeting point. And then the sound. For instance... Um, I don't know if you know the Baroque oboes, which are wooden oboes, uh, and the soprano saxophone has such a similar sound, quality of tone. It's just incredible, and that was uh, something I didn't know before. So that's another meeting point. Uh, The jazz musicians were, in in terms of instruments, were trombone, jazz trombonist, uh, Mark Bassi, and uh, saxophone and flute, jazz flute, was uh, a wonderful player called Stuart Curtis, who is uh, also very, uh, a very dedicated klezmer, clarinet player. So, uh, and he was using, creating a new sound on the soprano saxophone. It sounded a bit like a klezmer clarinet, but on a soprano saxophone in a jazzy style. <laughs> so that was uh, quite a mixture. So actually, for the musicians themselves, the players, that was quite a challenge. And uh, most of them really practiced quite a lot in, in order to get this special tone. Oh, the Klezmer police are here. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, maybe we should describe your audience that we're sitting now in the garden of the British Museum 
very uh, very unique uh, location. It's yeah. <laughs> a lot happening here. So, uh, I think we didn't mention yet the 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 title of the piece and and uh, the movements uh, within it. Yeah, born in parallel. Actually, the idea is um, because historically, I don't know if you know that the uh, the oud, which is the Middle Eastern string instrument. Um, and the lute, which is a typical, very typical Renaissance and Baroque instrument, um, had a had a meeting point in the history where actually the Arabs arrived to Europe and they uh, represented their oud, which is the Middle Eastern instrument. And then the European really loved this instrument, but they couldn't pronounce the name oud, el oud, so they call it they call it lute. <laughs> and then they change it a little bit, but if you look at the two instruments, they're quite similar. And for me, that was a meeting point. But then from there, each style developed very differently. Um, well, the, the wood developed even earlier. But, you know, the, this meeting point created a completely different two styles, and which went just apart. But now with a global, um, our global life, I wanted to find an, a new meeting point. Uh, which also, you know, can symbolize a lot of uh, meeting points politically, socially, and you name it. Sure, culturally, culturally whatever. Yeah. Um, so, and uh, what are the uh, ideas within the different movements and, and the names of the, the movements? For the name of the movements, um, well, I was a bit inspired by Vivaldi, who is, uh, <laughs> if to, to, to talk about Baroque, Composer, he's one of my heroes, and um, you know the four four uh, seasons, and I wanted to create something which is uh, can appeal to people everywhere with any uh, from any uh, cultural background. Now I was thinking about the elements because elements appeared in many cultures, uh, like uh, in the Greek time that was the the foundation for the modern medicine and science that we know today in China they use the elements for also for health and etc etc um, so in the west in the and the east they use the elements as a basis for the development of the culture and everything we have today we know today as our life current life so therefore I've, I've chosen those four elements just to that it could appeal to any culture and uh, again, symbolize something which is to uh, create another meeting point. So, uh, earth, wind, fire, and water, is that the, the elements? Uh, that, what, what? Yes, okay. the, these are. And then, of course, they could uh, reflect moods, again, inspired by Vivaldi and the, and the four uh, seasons. It can uh, represent different moods, obviously, which uh, are completely different than one another. Great. Now, uh, obviously, it's been performed at least once because we, we saw the, the video. So, has it been performed? Uh, and what what uh, setting was that performed in? Uh, was a the benefit an event or, or a standalone concert or a piece that was uh, performed with other things on the same concert or? How did that work? You asked me about the, the concert the that was recorded. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. the concert that was recorded was part of the whole production. And uh, it was actually performed to in order to record it. Oh, okay. But it had we had audience. Uh, 
limited audience because uh, where we recorded, we didn't want to have big audience, which will create noise and then it will uh, be part of the recording. <laughs> and it was quite a complicated production. It will, pref- will be performed in the future. I already now started to do some uh, production work for this. Obviously, it's a quite a big uh, body of, uh, of orchestra, you know, and uh, it's not part of an orchestra that exists, really. So it means I have to, uh, uh, again, get funding for this as well. So uh, it's, it is in the process, but it will be performed in the future and, and also will be released as well. So we won't be seeing you touring through New York or Los Angeles soon then, probably. Well, you never know. You never know. I'm going to be in New York in May, but not yet. Not with the orchestra. <laughs> but you never... It's, it's, also, it's also something that hopefully will open up new work. Uh, because obviously I, I, didn't, I didn't compose that way at all before. I, done, I released... Uh, my recent CD was released on Sadik label of John Zorn. And called reconciliation, but that was completely different instrumentation and work. So this is a new work that I'm hoping to develop that direction in my writing. Great. So uh, if people would like to find out more about you and about your work, um, see the video. Uh, where can they find it or uh, uh, buy it, download it when it's uh, going to be available? Well, the CD will be available probably in a year's time um, online, and then. Uh, but at the moment, the YouTube and called "Born in Parallel" by Daphna Sade. That's uh, the YouTube. It's uh, eight minutes, almost eight minutes video, which describes and show the work and the process we've done. And uh, my music is also available on SoundCloud. Um, it's uh, SoundCloud Daphna Sade as well. And uh, just or my website www.dafnasadeh.com, and then uh, probably there will there will be future information about uh, the new release of the CD. Great. And so, what's next for you? Well, next is uh, I already been commissioned to compose a piece for actually baroque flute, but not baroque music, not classical music, contemporary. You want to say jazz, world, uh, classical music, a mix, a new music, not not with uh, any specific genre. Uh, for a baroque flautist, she's a very in, in, she's an English flautist, uh, international with an, an, an international reputation. Her name is Rachel Brown, and she's going to perform that solo. And then I'm intending to keep uh, composing. <coughs> new work for chamber music and orchestras as well but again it ha- it will be a, in in a genre which is not only classical music it will combine um, world music I assume there you go again changing uh, changing our idea of of classical or or uh, world contemporary music yeah I think because really uh, in contemporary music you either find something which is an imitation to what has been written before like more classical direction or kind of very very modern instru- uh, uh, work which appealed to certain audience and what I would like to do is to uh, create music which uh, can appeal to a wider audience which not necessarily listen to only classical music or only uh, classical modern which is also so specific 
and but to a wider uh, audience. And uh, funny enough, that the, in the recording in the concert came uh, a promoter of w- world music in London, and he normally just listened to world music and jazz at the most, but not, has uh, very much a lot of knowledge about it. And he was. Uh, he told me that he never heard something like this before and also he was so open minded it, it just opened his mind his mind to other genres of music that he wasn't aware before so you know maybe that's a direction <laughs> expanding the audience that's uh, that's another worthy mission <laughs> yes definitely i you know um it's just uh, that music will be uh, even if it's Ha- it, if it has classical background, it could be so accessible to people who normally don't listen to it. Because once you hear a little bit of something that you know, and then you hear something that is new to you, then you can uh, find out more about the the new the new uh, style of music. Exactly, and um, you know, it's just uh, because so opening the doors, really. Exactly, uh, opening the door, bringing together. Um, Introducing uh, different cultures to other cultures, different music to other music uh, styles of music, and uh, mainly uh, combining styles that didn't have much chance to meet before. And you could see that while when you re-recorded the interaction between the the jazz and world music musicians and the baroque, which you can call them classical baroque musicians was extraordinary because uh, suddenly they start to be very interested in what one other uh, the other are doing and uh, just to see that was superb I just want to mention that uh, with me worked uh, David Murphy who is um, a conductor and orchestrator he normally works with the London Philharmonic Orchestra and London Symphony Orchestra and his thing is uh, also bringing uh, Indian music into the classical world, and um, so we actually done the orchestration together. So, and he has a lot of credit to, and to our, our collaboration was just brilliant. I have to say, it's been a great pleasure working with him. So, uh, uh, and I think he wasn't exposed to this kind of music because he's very much known. He's been working with Ravi Shankar and. Uh, Musicians uh, uh, like that. So, but more, I think Middle Eastern. That wasn't something that he was exposed <laughs> before. <laughs> something in between. Yes, exactly. Not even to say klezmer. I don't think he done this before. Wow, great. So, Dr. Sade, thanks so much for uh, uh, coming out on a cool day like this to, <laughs> to uh, talk to me. Uh, the work is born in parallel correct uh find it on youtube i'll have a link uh to it on my website as well and hopefully we'll have a sample of the uh music to play for the podcast as well thank you so much again pleasure meeting you thank you very much keith and uh, have a great time in london
I am Jacob from Klezma Collective, and you're listening to klezmapodcast.com. All right, I'm back. That was my interview with Daphne Sade, and we heard the track Gulver in Jerusalem from her album Reconciliation from Daphne Sade and the Voyagers. I'd very much like to thank Daphne for appearing on the podcast and for providing the track for us to listen to. Again, the website is klezmerpodcast.com, and if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or if you have a band that would like to appear on the podcast or have your music played, or if you have a recent or soon-to-be-released album you'd like me to review, please write to me at keith at klezmerpodcast.com. Again, the music heard on Klezmer Podcast is for promotional purposes only and is used with permission. So that's about it for Klezmer Podcast 104. Thanks for listening. Please stay subscribed, tell your friends, and until next time, bye for now. (laughs) 